and uh, we are back with another episode of the Saxo Market Call. And today, for the first time since we changed the format, we have Altia Spinozzi with us to talk about fixed income. And um, we talked a little bit about fixed income with uh, Sharo uh, Shanana, uh, which was on the podcast uh, yesterday. We talked a little bit about the ECB rate decision, but Altia, I think with your expertise and, and uh on on fixed income we we're going to get your perspective on the ECB rate decision because as we approach this rate decision on Thursday this week you know the market is leaning i don't know is it is it 50-50 now or is it still you know the market leaning towards a, a no, no rate hike what what is the current pricing actually well what's happening is that there is uh, the market is still pricing around 40% chances of a rate hike by Thursday um, and uh, also it's pricing uh, the peak rate uh, to be around 3.9%. So what's happening here is that the market is pricing a 15 basis point rate hike instead of a 25 basis points rate hike. Uh, but uh, I'm calling for a hawkish pause, Peter. Um, and the reasoning behind that is that it's a very, um, it's a very tight choice between doves and hoax um, you know like doves are seeing uh, risk of uh, over tightening at this point in time especially with a recession coming from Germany um, and Netherlands um, and the hoax still uh, see risk of inflation remaining elevated and would like to go ahead with another interest rate hike but uh, a very uh, big key behind uh, this decision is that uh, the biggest hoax at the ECB are coming from those countries that are going through a recession. So at this point of time, politically, a hike is not desirable and uh, there might need uh, uh, for an agreement between hoax and uh, those to pose and find a solution to maintain a, a hawkish bias. Yeah, and I, and I know. I mean, we, you you're calling in from uh, from Italy, and especially the Italians or the the Italian government is is really arguing for uh, for a pause here in in interest rates, and um, with good for good reasons. And I mean, I think the the other case you can make. Um, I don't know what you think about this, but you know, a hawkish pause. I mean, there is a lot of these lacks into the economy, and Germany is already, as you said, slowing down and. Other economies are slowing down, so you know, in in theory, you would expect the inflation pressure to to ease in the in the months to come. So it could be, I don't know, is it a policy mistake maybe even to to rate, uh, hike the rate here for the ECB? And the, I guess the window is also closing because the Fed is potentially also at peak rates and and could you know move around as well. So um, what, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? And how will it impact European sovereign bonds? Well, I believe that at this point, uh, the Federal Reserve set the path uh, for a pause uh, uh, for the ECB as well, because uh, they were able, the Federal Reserve was able to deliver a hawkish pause uh, uh, without major concerns. So I'm sure that policymakers in Europe also think that they can do the same. Uh, what's alarming here is that yesterday we had uh, um, economic estimates coming from the European Commission's uh, painting a stagflation kind of scenario for the European zone. We have uh, um, uh, the European Commission revised uh, the GDP for 2000, 
uh, in 23 and 2024 downward and revise the CPI for next year slightly upwards. This is uh, um, this is just straightforward uh, stagflation, and this comes along uh, with uh, uh, tumbling uh, confidence indicators. So um, the problem here, Peter, is that uh, the European economy it's in a much uh, more dire situation than the US economy. And at this point, uh, um, the, the ECB might be running into the risk of over-tightening, but is also running the risk uh, to uh, basically uh, pave the way for higher inflation if it doesn't sound hawkish enough. And that's why I believe that at this meeting, the ECB has uh, two options to sound hawkish, if it decides to pause, obviously. Uh, one option is to look at uh, the projections that uh, should be released uh, at this uh, meeting. Uh, but uh, the risk around that is that uh, if the ECB revises uh, growth downwards and uh, inflation slightly upwards, uh, it will pave a way to stagflation again. So it, it will not be able to deliver a properly oakish message there. But one way to do that, you know, like I believe that the ECB really likes to do dovish things and sound hawkish. And a way to do that at this meeting is uh, to stop reinvestments under the PEP program. The PEP program was uh, introduced in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. Um, and uh, it has uh, an average weighted uh, maturity above seven years. Just uh, to give you an idea of how much uh, how many redemptions they had in the last quarter, where redemption were amounting to 0.2% of the overall holdings. So if the ECB on Thursday comes out and say, we are posing, uh, but we are stopping reinvestments under the PEP, that would send a hawkish message without being really hawkish because redemption under that facilities are so minimal that are not going to move the needle, especially when compared to the APP, the quantitative tightening and uh, um, the, 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 uh, the end of reinvestments under the APP uh, facility. So that might be the caveat. Yeah, but that's some very good points you're making there, LT. And the whole stagflation scenario obviously is a, is a key risk and makes it a very, very tough policy decision for the ECB. I would not be in their shoes right now, compared to the uh, compared to the Fed. And you know, so if we take the outlook for a stagflation in in Europe, and we can tease a little bit, you and I, LT, that we are going to write a quarterly outlook centered around uh, you know a positive positive message on uh, on bonds. How do you take your views and ideas about what's happening in Europe and with the ECB, how do you translate that into positioning in Europe, in European sovereign bonds? I mean, what does it mean for BTPS, uh, so the, the Italian government bonds? What does it mean for Bunds or Schatz? I mean, what, what, what is your thinking on, uh, on how to position in this market in Europe? Well, Peter, I believe that at this point in time, with 10-year uh, boons uh, offering uh, a coupon uh, of 2.6% and a yield uh, around the same level, um, bonds uh, are a great buy. Uh, 
because within a diversified portfolio, especially, especially after 425 basis points hike uh, from uh, the ECB, is not a bad idea to add uh, bonds uh, uh, when uh, the economy is turning and we might risk a recession or a tail event because in these, under these circumstances, uh, uh, bonds will gain. And uh, the prime example is on the 10-year boons, right? Um, now, uh, one can buy boons at 2.6%. And uh, if we assume one-year holding periods, and, uh, you know, we assume that yields move from 2.6% today to 3.2%, one would lose only minus 1.35%. If instead yields will move from 2.6% to 2%, one will uh, uh, gain more than 9%. Um, so the risk reward ratio for the safe haven, it's uh, really appealing. And uh, you mentioned uh, um, Italian BTPs, um, and uh, it's a great example because uh, they are right now the highest yielding securities within the European uh, sovereign space, um, and uh, they're offering a yield of 4.35%. Uh, if yields move uh, to 5%, uh, one wouldn't lose anything, around 0.5%. Uh, but if uh, yields uh, drop to 3.5% in one year time, one would gain more than 11%. So the risk reward, uh, um, uh, the, the risk reward of these securities of, uh, of uh, sovereigns in general uh, are really appealing uh, at the moment. But if we go back uh, to the ECB's decision and how the, the bond market is going to react, I still believe that even if the ECB is able to deliver a uh, hawkish pose, uh, we might see uh, bonds rallying, so yields dropping across all tenors. Uh, but uh, what's going to happen is that the 10 years tenors are going to drop faster than the front part of the yield curves, because uh, basically what the market is saying is that, okay, this is a pose, we are, at the, we are close to the end of the hiking cycle, uh, but uh, we are not um, that much closer to a uh, cutting cycle, but there is a recession upcoming or going in the in the euro area, and therefore the safe haven will gain. Yeah, I like I like a lot of all these points with this reward ratio, diversified portfolio with our stagflation outlook. We also you know arguing in you know, equities for a more defense to be exposed to the defensive sector. So you know a combination of sovereign bonds in Europe and, and exposure to defensive equities actually, I think, creates a quite a, a strong balanced portfolio to weather a, a potential downturn in the um, in the economy. But, but Altia, we've talked a lot, enough about Europe. Let's move across the Atlantic Ocean to the US. So we have recently seen a steepening of the yield curve. And the question is, or you could ask the question, is this a bear, a bear steepening uh, move or is it a bull steepening move? And, um, you know, we have this you know, Fed higher for longer? Have we reached the peak rates yet? That's an open question. We have seen a lot of hawkish messages, both from policymakers, both in China and especially Bank of Japan, potentially looking to exit the yield curve control. There's a lot of pressure on the Japanese economy and um, 
uh, let's hope not for Japan that we'll get an energy crisis this winter because then it could get really tight for uh, for Bank of Japan. So take us through your thoughts on on this deepening move that we have seen in U.S. Treasuries and and and, and what it means. Yes, Peter, I think that at this point, when the economy is turning, but we still have elevated inflation, um, the outlook for rates is uh, very tricky on both sides of the Atlantic, uh, because uh, you mentioned the bear steepening. Um, so what's happening here is that uh, long-term uh, uh, rates are rising faster than short-term rates. And the reason why this is happening is that uh, um, with the Fed saying uh, we are going to keep rates higher for longer, the front end uh, is uh, anchored. It's not going to go anywhere because uh, the Federal Reserve is saying uh, I'm not going to cut. And uh, the market is going to wait for a signal in order to position for a bull steepening, so for the, um, uh, for the cutting cycle uh, to begin. But uh, in the long part of the curve, there is a lot of selling pressure. You mentioned the Bank of Japan looking to exit uh, um, the year curve control. That means that basically Japanese investors will sell uh, um, bonds abroad, uh, U.S. treasuries, but also European sovereigns and repatriate by securities at home. Um, and also we have uh, an increase of U.S. treasury supply, uh, not only of the bills, but also of coupon issuance. Um, we have quantitative tightening working on the background. That's also on the, on, uh, on selling pressure. And also many don't uh, think about uh, uh, the fact that when the market starts to position for a bull steepener, uh, what investors are going to do is buy the front end and sell the long, uh, the, the, the long part of the yield curve. So everything is pointing to higher yields. And I believe that uh, 10-year U.S. Treasury yields um, are very likely to continue to rise and test the resistance at around 4.5%. The question is whether they will be able to break above or that's going to be the peak uh, that we are going to see. Uh, but uh, similarly to what we have said also um, about boons, uh, uh, U.S. Treasuries, to me, Peter, they look like a great buy. They offer a coupon of 3.78% and uh, they pay a yield of 4.25% yearly. That means that uh, if you buy today uh, 10-year U.S. Treasuries and you hold them for uh, one year, and yields, let's assume, go from 4.25% to 5%, you're going to lose only 1.35%. But if 10-year uh, yields drop to 3.5% because of a tail event, uh, because of a recession, you know, things that we cannot really um, imagine now, well, one would gain more than 10%. So again here, exactly what we said about boons, you know, like, Yields might rise further in the next few weeks because there is a lot of selling pressure, not only in the U.S. Treasuries, but also uh, for the boons. Uh, but that uh, might provide uh, a great opportunity for for real money to step in and buy at great levels. Great points, LT. And I think we we have reached the end of this uh, this podcast. It was a uh, it was really great to have you on for the first time. And um, yeah, so. 
What what is really important to uh, to look out for here uh, is of course the ECB rate decision on on Thursday, and how that affects the uh, the sovereign bond market in the EU. And watch out for those bonds. As Altia said, the risk reward ratio looks pretty interesting, given potential tail risk events and a turning in the economy both in the US and Europe. And Altia will be back with me next Tuesday with fixed more on fixed income. Thank you for listening.